0: Jesus this morning.
1: the mighty God who is the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, our Father. We want to thank you that we're your children today and we're gathered in your name. And Lord, we know that when we gather in your name, there you are in the midst. and We cannot miss you today. We must get to Jesus. Lord, there are hungry souls and that have come today that it says, Lord, hear my cry. Lord, we're speaking the name of Jesus. We're speaking it over our problems, over our situation, because we know that every knee has to bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. I pray, God, you'll bless us now in your presence as we open up your word, Lord, may you just open up our hearts to receive we're your children today, and we surrender to you now. We yield ourselves to you to be used of the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit says in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning see each one of you that has gathered with us. It's wonderful to have you and all the different ones that are with us. Some of you. Um, are back for after a long time. We want to welcome you back and uh, see Sister Gina back there and different others that hadn't been here in few services. Sister Rachel is here today. God bless you. Amen. The Lord's healing touch has brought her out. Amen. It's been the grace of God, and we're thankful for it. All you folks from Georgia, I understand that you're from Georgia. Well, Hallelujah. We're glad that you're here and see Teresa up there. God bless you, Sister Teresa. We welcome you today and each one of you that have come. If I don't call your name, Jesus knows you. Amen. And he sees you and he recognizes you. Amen. That's a lot more important than me doing it. Amen. It's good to have you, every one of you. You know, um, I, I think we're at a time, a very, very special time in this journey, that where that many prodigals are coming home, and God's going out into the highways and the byways, and he's finding those that, um, that have been out there and, and bringing them in in this last hour. And I do believe we're here in this last hour. And I, I think of something, um, you know, there was a, a sermon, Brother Brandon Priest, about Zacchaeus and he told about how that his, his wife, Rebecca, was up all night praying for him. And he had gotten restless. And, you know, he wanted to go and see what this Jesus was all about. And so, he got up early and, and went out looking for a place where Jesus would pass. And he found a place where two ways meet. And that's where God and you come together. And he said, um, you know, that as he walked up to it, he looked at the sign, and he said, now, this is Glory Avenue, and he's bound to cross this Hallelujah crossing up there up on a street called Hallelujah Avenue. Amen. And he always goes down them streets, glory and hallelujah and amen and praise God. Amen. He always travels them roads. Yes. Amen. So if you want to meet him this morning, that's where you're going to find him. Amen and um there's been a little song that's been on my heart all week that i've just been singing over again and uh, we're going to sing it this morning if you don't know it well you know you just need to join in with us amen it's a wonderful song i'm living on the hallelujah side you remember when you used to live down in the dumps of the world and sin and unbelief but jesus brought you out of there Amen. And now you can live on the hallelujah side. Amen. We're those 2 ways to meet, you know, Glory Avenue and Hallelujah Avenue, a place where you can meet God. And I believe we can meet him there this morning. Once a sinner far from Jesus, I was perishing with cold. But the blessed Savior heard me when I cried. And then he threw his arms
2: around me and he
1: side. Here the sun is always shining. Here the sky is always bright. Tis no place for gloomy Christians to abide. For my soul is filled with music and my heart with great delight. And
2: I'm living on the hallelujah side. And
1: aside. There's no room for gloomy Christians. Let all the gloom and the doom and the unbelief of the world just go aside. Let those hallelujahs roll. Amen. But we know what side we're on. We're on the winning side. We're not on the losing side. We're on the winning side. Amen. We're getting ready to leave this world. God bless you. Amen. Did you enjoy that? Let's give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Live it on the hallelujah side. You want to meet him there today? Amen. Just respond to his word. He'll speak to you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, musicians. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. As we, were, we want to read from this morning. Amen. Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philippi he asked his disciples saying whom do men say that I the son of man am and they said some say thou art John the Baptist some Elias and others Jeremiah are one of the prophets and he said unto them but whom say ye that I am now remember this is very important because it really doesn't matter what everybody else thinks who do you say he is Amen. And then Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art to Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, Christ meaning anointed. He was the Messiah. Thou art to Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Blessed art thou, Simon Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock... I will build my church, and I love this portions, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then I would like to see this anointed one here in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that was oppressed of the devil for God was with him. God bless you. can be seated. We're going to be speaking this morning on the Messiah and his Messiahs. Now, here we have the, the, the revelation that has been given to Peter that flesh and blood did not reveal to him, but he's, Jesus said, my father which is in heaven hath revealed this to you. And that is that thou art the Christ, thou art the Messiah, thou art the anointed one. And, and of course, then upon this rock, the revelation of knowing who the anointed one is 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 what I'm going to build my church on. Amen? So now, uh, again, here, he, God himself is recognizing him by this revelation given to Peter that um, he is the Christ or the anointed one. So we, we can already define who the Messiah is, and that is Jesus Christ, right? Now, when all the world is looking around today for someone to lead them out of this mess, and even in our politics, each one has their uh, Messiah and the one that they have anointed to be the leader, to lay, lead us out of the, the wreck that we're in morally and, and politically and economically and, and uh, socially. They're, they're looking for their Messiah, but we've already found our Messiah. And we know who he is. We're not looking for another. Amen, as, um, as believers of this end time message, we know um, whom God anointed to be the Elijah prophet, the anointed ministry in this last day where Christ would anoint him. We're not looking for another to come. Amen, amen, the next one will come to the Jews and, and we're gonna be long gone by, by then and it's not even for us. But now I want you to notice the proof of his Messiahship. Here's what proved that he was Messiah. This is important that we get this part down because if we understand the, the proof of the Messiahship, we will also understand the proof of his Messiahs. All right? So if you look with me to Luke chapter 7 and verse 20, we, we will find where Jesus will tell John who is You know, in prison, and he's a bit disillusioned um, by things. Things have not turned out the way John thought they would. And here he is in prison. And um, a few days from here, his head would be cut off in a horrible, horrible um, display of inhumanity inhumane things that were they were that a woman a young girl dancing uh, and would please herod and would ask for the head of john the baptist at the um push of her mother and and so you know he comes and and um he he sends his disciples because he wants to wants to be sure that he has introduced the right one. Although he has seen the pillar of fire come down, he heard the voice there. But there's sometimes that even, even we, after hearing things, that we can get disillusioned or begin to question or wonder, or second-guessing. And so, you know, John in the state, we could say his old eagle eye got filmed over. And it made him begin to kind of doubt or question what he, uh, you know, whether this was really the Messiah. Now, Jesus is going to um, do this, uh, and I want you to watch how he responds to John's disciples who are asking, are you the Messiah? John has sent us to ask you, are you really who we were looking for? And so in Luke chapter 7 verse 20, when the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, art thou he that should come, or look we for another. Now this this is kind of almost a slap in the face to Jesus, because John is actually questioning his Messiahship after seeing the messenger uh the the message vindicated by the holy spirit coming down like a dove the the voice coming out of heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom i'm pleased to dwell right or in whom i'm well pleased and and you know he sees a sign he recognizes it he points it out and he says that's the one he's the one that i have bore witness of that I'm not worthy to even loose the soles of his shoes, and and um, I, I'm not I'm not even worthy to to touch his feet. And so he 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 would say as he did this. And now he comes and he questions. Now this, this happens a lot of times when trouble comes, when we get into situations where. Things aren't turning out just the way we thought they would. You know, there's a lot of guessing we've done along the journey. And trying to figure out things and thought we had it all planned out, just how it was all going to be. As I remember a song uh, the Yance brothers sang, you know, things have not turned out the way God's people thought it would. Because we're still here fighting the greatest battle ever fought. And so you know, again, we you know, those are the sentiments that we come in a troubled time, and this is the way as we've been preaching on on the thought of um, you know is um, you know there hope of revival, and we we talked about going awake, Jesus, that the disciples um, you know in that moment of all of the storms, they forgot that Jesus was in the boat. Amen. They 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 had forgotten Jesus was in the boat, and 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 they they were worried about being perishing, and they had to go and wake Jesus, right? And Brother Brandon paralleled that with this age and this time, that there would be people that would get lax and cold within their spirit, yet they got Jesus in their boat. Now, there's some on the other hand went off without Jesus. And he came walking on the water to find them. But in this story, they, these had taken Jesus with them, right? And there, as they, as they was journeying there and the storms came, they had been talking about him. They'd been talking about his Messiahship. But all of a sudden, you know, here they're in the, the storm of their life. And they suddenly realize that Jesus in the boat and they wake him and say, don't you care that we perish? Again, again, it's the same thought. It's the same concept that John had. You know, are you the Messiah? Are you the one or should we look for another? You know, the further we go down the road, the more and more there will be who will be looking for another Messiah somebody to get them out of the situations that they're in and so men will rise and personality cults will rise and and this will become the favorite one and that one will be the favorite one and surely he's the one will have the great bride's revival but i I want you to understand something um uh, you know it's 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 human to question It's human to get to a point to where you begin to second guess and begin to wonder: is this what it really is? Are we sure where we're at? Are you with me? And so that you know, these men came to John the Baptist and said, Are you he that should come? Or look we for another? And notice Jesus doesn't immediately answer. For in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues. And evil spirits, and unto many that were blind, he gave sight. And then Jesus answered and said unto them, Go your way, and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor the gospel is preached. Amen. He said, let this be the answer that you go and tell John. And then he said, and blessed is he that's not offended in me. Amen. Amen. Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. So again, again, here is the, the words of Jesus because sometimes people actually get offended. Amen. They get disappointed. They get disillusioned. As I said, it's because things don't seem to be turning out just the way that people thought it should. But I want you to know, God's got a plan. And his plan is exactly on track. Amen. He knows the way that we take. And I want you to know that Jesus is still the anointed Messiah. And he is here among us today. In what form? In the form of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he is still the one, the anointed one to lead us out of here, and we must have his anointing. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. I want you to know this is the Messiah. Amen. This is what happens anywhere the Messiah is at. Anywhere the Holy Ghost is present. The anointed one, the Christ. Anywhere that he is welcome, this is what's going to take place. Amen. Where, Where that he goes and does good, healing those that are oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Amen. Now, I want you to think of this because... You see, again, the the great Messiah in this day is to be a rejected Messiah, even as it was in days gone by. And, of course, people reject him. They reject his Messiahship. They reject him for, um, you know, for societal reasons of of doing what they want to do, where a world wants to go right on and plunge headlong into sin, where that pornography is on the increase and, and abortion is, is, um, is welcomed and where that homosexual lifestyle is uh, promoted where sin of every kind abounds, where marriage and divorce and remarriage all comes in and it happens a vicious cycle. And then we have a, a, a world with lost young people who don't know their way, who have never had a stability a morality in a home. And, and of course they are looking for a Messiah who will produce a social program that fix the nation. And I want you to know as a nation, she is unfixable. Amen. She's irreparable. But I want you to know you're not irreparable. And there is the work the Messiah can do in the hearts of men and women where that he can change their lives and make a new creation out of them. Now, but if you notice in this last age, In the last age shown in Revelations 3 and verse 20, we find that the Messiah is on the outside of his own church. In Revelation 3 and 20, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you notice, he's outside of his own church, begging entrance. This is what happens in the last church age. It's the state, it's the status of the age where he is willing to come in, but he doesn't force his way. Amen. Amen. Where that he there knocks and asks for the door to be open, but there are, but he finds it, we find him on the outside of the church, not in it. Amen. This was a Laodicean age to the church of Laodicea, as you would see in verse 14. Just show that for reference. Now, so we find this Laodicean church age that we're in, it is, um, the church becomes so worldly. It is said that she's rich and increased with goods and has need of nothing. Sounds like our age, doesn't it? Yet he said it, knoweth thou not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So it shows, well, you know, their assessment of what they think they are and what God says that they really are. When God looks upon the heart, he finds them wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Are you with me? Amen. It's the most pathetic scripture in the whole Bible, Brother Brandon would often say this. He said it's the most pathetic scripture in all the Bible in the Laodicean age. Jesus outside his own church. Amen. The first church, he's walking among the seven golden candlesticks. And and finally at the end, he's outside of it. Is that right? It shows what the age has done to him. They've organized his doctrine out. They've organized his Bible out. Amen. They got a book of creeds and philosophies. Amen. And that they read and accept, you know, cold confessions instead of letting God come in and make a Messiah out of them and give them the baptism of the Holy Ghost to show signs and wonders. You see, they pushed him to the side. He's not wanted, his word isn't wanted. What he says in that old Bible doesn't mean anything to people today. You see, it's uh, to them archaic. It's something of the past. It's not something of the present. And, and, of course, you know, Jesus is rejected. Are you with me? Standing outside trying to get in. And not only that, but he will come and sit in our churches and we will invite him and ask him to come, but when he comes, we make him sit in a corner somewhere. Amen. And not be worshiped. Amen. It was like, as Brother Brandon would preach also, as an example of this age of Jesus with dirty feet. And he would be, he would be invited to come, but yet pushed over in a corner with unwashed feet, sitting dirty somebody with me amen because again this was what simon did when simon invited the the pharisee invited him to come to his meeting he somehow he comes in and 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 the traditional form would be everybody is washed everybody is welcomed Everybody is put on a a fresh garment and perfume put upon them from their travel along the road. And, you know, as they walked along the dusty uh, roads of of, 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 of Israel and um, they would kick up the dust and the animals also walk there and, and the leavings there and the dirt there gets all mixed up and, and it kicks up on the Palestinian garment and, and on the feet and, 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 and so Jesus has come and he's not welcomed. Everybody else gets the welcoming committee. Everybody else gets there and makes sure that they're welcome. You know, we'll we'll welcome today in our riches, or we'll welcome in today the society and its thoughts and its patterns. But when it comes to Jesus, he's often left with dirty feet. And he's not welcome. And I just want to say it's not enough for just one of us to wash his feet. Because this Jesus will come and sit down by every one of you. And it's up to you what you do with this Jesus called Christ. Because he's on your hands. And you have the responsibility of welcoming him. Amen. And making him feel comfortable. Washing his feet. The dirt of the world. The stains of the world. What the world says about him. Amen. Oh, he'll come in our midst, and he's, uh, you know, we understand he's here, but he's, he's sitting there just as dirty. And, and, and he, he, to the people as he was then, he said, calling them holy rollers. Quoting Brother Branham here. Calling them holy rollers and everything else, and yet we cry for revival, and he comes, and when he does, we treat him about like they did then. Now, this is what Brother Branham would say of the age that we're in. And sadly, this is not just something out in Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic, you know, this, 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 and that. It is right here many times right in our own midst. That people sit in church and not make him welcome. When he does come, we treat him like they did. Ignore him embarrassed for him. Let me read you what he said. Somebody raise up in the spirit of God and holler amen or scream or something like that when Jesus happens to pass by. They put they are put out of the church. Why? They think that's an awful shame to disgrace the church, disgrace the people when it's Jesus himself passing by. Hallelujah. Oh, my, I want you to know Jesus passed by your way today. And what are you going to do with him? You cannot sit there just dead and cold formed and unbelieved. You must welcome him. You must wash his feet with your tears. Dry them with your hair as it was. You must make him welcome. Take the alabaster box, the best you got. That little woman, she didn't go and get something cheap. She took all she had. And she went and bought the best alabaster box. And there she broke it upon the Lord and and perfumed him because she saw him with dirty feet. And God will take any part you give him. But he he demands your best amen come on a Messiah like this demands your best I'm not talking about he demands it. I mean it demands your best it demands that you give your best that you recognize this is the Messiah this is our only hope the only hope for our world today the only hope for you is Jesus Christ it is the only hope We're living in a time where we have been promised a rapture. The coming of the Lord. That's our only hope. Are you with me? But today, we'd like to just kind of leave him, ignore him, leave him with dirty feet as he had them and let, let others say things against it. Days of miracles are past. There's no such a thing when the Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, you know, and we're still ashamed to stand out and say something about it. We're ashamed of our testimony that we claim we believe. Let me tell you, you cannot be a Christian and say days of miracles are past because you are a miracle. You're the greatest miracle that could ever be that God would find a sinner that was lost and bring him in on the hallelujah side. Bring him down to that meeting place where two ways meet, and you and God come together, and your life is changed forever. Amen. Instead of washing him and try to wash him with tears of joy that he's here, we sit and let him set dirty. I won't have nothing to do with that. I ain't cooperating with nothing like that. You know, put my hand on it. We'll condemn it we'll find some little something that breaks our tradition to find something wrong with it. But you know, Jesus always keeps all his appointments. We invite him, he comes. And this little woman would come and with her hair, she began to wipe his feet and dry his feet off. And he was scared to death. And, And after a while, she picks up this bottle of ointment and breaks it and tries to hit it and break it and pour it over his Oh, you know, poured it over, pour it over, you know, and pour it on his feet. And she's crying. And every time she would cry, she would just reach down and kiss his feet. She got hysterically. Yes. Now, listen to Brother Bradham say this. When you get in his presence, it makes you hysterically. I got hysterically. He said, and any man that ever gets in his presence that believes him and has faith in him, it'll make you hysterically. On the day of Pentecost, when he came in the form of the Holy Ghost, they got hysterically. Amen. Amen. When you really believe and you know and recognize, it's your opportunity, and you're in his presence, and you're sure of it. Oh, brother, when you really know it's Jesus, you're going to make him welcome. She went... Brother Branham would preach this all over the place because it's a sign of the end time and it's even the shape that message churches is got in. She went and kissed his feet, cried and washed and wiped. Brother Branham makes kissing sounds and kisses feet again. You know Jesus, if he'd have moved one foot she would have jumped up out of there and ran. But he just sat there and let her do it. He said, you know, if you want to do something, for he lets you do it, it may be all out of order, but he'll let you do it anyhow. Amen. 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 But, but again, he says, you know, there, there again, you know, if, if Jesus will let you remember the words that he said. He said, Simon, you invited me. You're sitting over there. Oh, if you knew what kind of woman this was if you knew what kind of prodigal this was. You wouldn't let her in the church. You wouldn't let her in with holy people. Oh, but I'll tell you the other day, we saw a backslidden preacher come back to God. Amen. And the power of God come and change his life. Hallelujah. Amen. Because again, we we recognize Jesus in our midst. And it's him that is going out into the highways and the byways and finding those that have fallen away and bringing them back. And he's making that one last call because it's part of the revival. Hallelujah. Oh, no wonder we heard the song. Call the name of Jesus over your loved one, over your wife, over your husband, over your children, over your brother, over your cousin, over your people. Call that name of Jesus over the sick. Whether spiritually sick or physically sick, he is still the healer, for he is the Messiah. And when his presence comes, he still does the same. He'll open the eyes of the blind, he'll heal those that are sick, he'll raise those that were dead in sins and trespasses and bring them to life again. That's the way Jesus does, he's the Messiah. This Messiah doesn't make empty promises. This Messiah, when he saves, he'll also keep. Hallelujah. Amen. No wonder there's people that want to worship him, welcome him. Gets hysterical once in a while, gets out of order enough, long enough to get saved. Somebody help me. Amen, amen. Here, here again, Brother Manum would say, and who is Jesus? He said, the strange thing, you know, something is odd. But everywhere that Jesus appears, there's usually somebody there to hear him. <laughs> and before he got there, he heard a noise, and they were singing all kinds of songs. Glory to God in the highest. All these fine hymns that were singing, and some screaming and shouting. Isn't it strange where Jesus is? There's always a lot of noise. Hallelujah. When he comes in your soul, there's a lot of rejoicing goes on. I'm not the man I used to be. Amen. I'm not the person I used to be. I'm free. Praise God. I'm free. Hallelujah. It makes the joy bells ring down in the soul. They they were singing all these songs. Where Jesus is, there's a lot of noise. And he said he emptied the temple. And as he was coming into the temple, or entered the temple, rather, one day in Jerusalem, and as he was coming in, they broke off palms and screamed. You know, and they were screaming, Hosanna to the Son of David. Amen. They They were singing as he was coming in and rejoicing. Because the Messiah was there. Amen. Oh, and he said, and, and the great professors of society and, and the priest and the great man all began to scream, hey, Make your disciples hold their peace. They're making too much noise here. And, and Jesus said, If they hold their peace, the rocks will immediately cry out. Yeah, because something's gonna cry out when he's around. Amen. Amen. You may be a rock this morning, but I'll tell you, you ain't got much hope on. to just remain an old rock in the presence of this great king of glory, because when you get in his presence, things begin to change. Yeah. Something begins to cry out when he comes around. You know, that's the way it was when Aaron and, and would go in before the Shekinah glory in that holiest of holies. They didn't just dare to just tread in there and trump in when they, when they wanted to. They had to be invited into there at a certain time and on a certain occasion, dressed in a certain way. Are you with me? Amen. He had in his garments, he had to have a pomegranate and a bell. And you know, the only way they would know that Aaron was still alive was when they heard this noise. And Brother Bradham said, when I think that's the only way that God knows whether we're alive anymore is when you hear a little noise. Yeah. Amen. You, you know, you find it, you take anything that's so dead that something happened to it, so they had to tell whether he was alive or not by the noise that was made. Again, he says, noise is a sign of life. Amen. Amen. Now, I know now all noise isn't a sign of life. But when it comes out to praising and glorifying God, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was sick, but now I'm healed. And we have a testimony and can give a witness. It's that kind of noise that is the signs of life. Amen. Amen. And he said, well, I think that's where a whole lot of, with our matter with the churches today, there's not enough noise about it not enough enthusiasm, not enough something. So where Jesus is, there's always noise. Hallelujah. Now, oh, we got great revelation today. Somehow or another, rather than making us humble Christians, you know, it makes many people, the more revelation they get, oh, the great knowledge of the seven seals and the great mysteries all of a sudden, their nose goes up in the air, you know. I'm the only one. As if you got that knowledge on your own. If God, if you got true knowledge or true revelation, you didn't get it on your own. You were just like Peter. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. Some preacher in the pulpit didn't give it to you. My Father, which is in heaven, gave you this revelation. That's where revelation is real. Not when it's passed on by a horn-rimmed preacher with horn-rimmed glasses. Amen. The studious one, you know, that knows everything. The great scientist of the message. Are you with me? Amen. But I tell you, when we get a revelation today, when the seals are open, you know, it's often that we just become scholars. Stiff-necked, starchy in our collar. Amen. And you know, we we become scholars and stiff-necked and preachers are no longer preachers. Uh You know what a real preacher is? He demonstrates the gospel. Signs and wonders follow him. Amen. But then instead of being preachers, they're just lecturers. And they just give a lecture. Well, let me tell you, dead sermons kill. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. And that's what happens when we get, when we are dead and we give out dead sermons because dead preachers give out dead sermons and dead sermons kill. Right. But when you get a preacher alive with the power of the Holy Ghost and the light begins to flow through that body, and man, it begins to hit this one and that one and this one and that one and brings them into a change in their life and elevates them into a new position in Christ where they know who they are. Right. Somebody with me now? Yes. Amen. But that's not the way it was when the seals were opened in the Bible. Why? Well, uh, no, it was a jubilee. That's right. Is that right? Yes. In Revelation chapter so you know, in the 6, 7, 8, there when the seals were opened, it was a jubilee. It wasn't wasn't a scholarly sermon. It wasn't intellectual talk. It was a jubilee. Amen. Oh, my. they, They had a jubilee because when the book was open, first thing they saw was their name in it. And that's what I see when I see the book open, when I see the Bible open. I begin to see my name written all over it and every promise in the book becomes mine. Now, if you don't think that'll make somebody happy, yes, it will. When God reveals that to you, it'll put a joy unspeakable and full of glory down on the inside of you. Talk about a jubilee. When the Lamb opened the seals, John, as he said, must have saw his name in there, and he said, the screams, the shouts, the hallelujahs, the anointed, the power, the glory, the manifestations, because the seals are open. And when the seals become open to you, I'm just going to say it. If you're still a scholar, it's still a, a closed book. Sorry. If it's just intellectual sermons, it's still a closed book. Amen. But if it's really come open, amen. then you move on the hallelujah side. Amen. My name's in there. And every promise is released to me. And it releases the Holy Ghost to a church. Are you with me? Amen. Why? It was called in there the wine of stimulation. Remember he said in in one of the seals, hurt not the oil and the wine. Amen. He gives a warning. He He tells the enemy, don't you touch my oil and my wine. I want it in my church all the way to the end time. I want the wine of stimulation and the oil of the Holy Ghost all over my church. Amen. Yes, sir. The wine of stimulation. You know, to me, the sorriest drink that there is is an old stale Coke with no fizz in it. Amen. That's about the sorriest drink that you can get is some old stale pop that, you know, that, that has lost all the fears. I don't want it. And man, the moment I see that, down the sink it goes. The bottle even goes in the trash. Now, now can you imagine offering wine that has no spirit in it? Who wants wine without spirit? amen and when God gives you wine it is the wine of the Holy Ghost yes. oh hallelujah yes. amen how do I know how, how how do I know the reaction when somebody got it because I seen in the upper room there was a bunch of new wine skins amen brand new that could swell and squint, move out remember you know the vessels in that day were were wine skins amen the old ones you put new wine in it it cracks and it busts it has no stretch amen so you can't put new wine in old vessels but oh i tell you when you become new in christ and the old man goes out of your skin, and you're dead to sin and unbelief, and the Holy Ghost comes in there, and the wine of revelation gets in. I've come out of the upper room, 120 of them, and they were all, they been stimulated, drunk with the Holy Ghost. Hey, right. The reason why they drink it is because there's life in it. That's right. That's right. Who wants some old dead? Something dead, twice dead, plucked up by the root, something. Now, but can you imagine they don't want him? They don't want the Messiah. And neither do they want his children. Right. Hello? Amen. Brother Branham told us in Invisible Union, he says, neither does the modern church today want any of these screaming, shouting, tongues-speaking Acts 2.38 youngins around them. Yes, amen. She don't want them whooping and crying and screaming. Amen, hallelujah. Amen. Why such a child would immediately put her out of her denomination. They had one like that in their church. Why they threw her out real quick. Why do you let such stuff as this go along? Again, she's pregnant with something because she's bringing forth members all the time. But she don't want none of them screaming, hollering, blabbering, uh, Acts 2.38, miserable creatures she thinks they are. It would certainly embarrass her. Sometimes they tell you something. They don't want him, the Messiah. Neither do they want his children. Because this is the only kind the Word brings, can bring forth. Amen. All right. Are you with me? The only kind the Word can bring forth. I know that that is a burner I know that it would like to be washed out of, of you know most people like to wash it out of the message we we don't want any of that I, you know the word the word we got the word we got the word but what's it bringing forth stillborn children but if you got the word it's gonna bring life and power and joy Amen. and the power of the living Christ in his church Amen. He said, you don't find that in the Word. you find an old-fashioned, sanctified, holy, ghost-filled child born of the Spirit of God screaming, hollering, shouting, praising God. Amen. 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 He said, if the church brings forth a child of the second Adam, she has a sale, acts the second Adam's way of acting like they did on the day of Pentecost. Now, can you imagine? Let's just move along on this. But can you imagine some? have pushed Jesus out. They don't want him to even be God. Maybe you misunderstood me. Maybe you, that went over your head. Some have pushed Jesus out till they don't want him to be deity. They refuse his deity. Oh, he was just the son of God. He wasn't God. Oh, my. Can you imagine? Some have decided that Jesus was not God. Amen. Well, just how can you fall from grace in such a short time? Some try to take up and try and piece Brother Branham's quotes to try to take the deity away from the Lord Jesus Christ and just make him another man. Are you with me? Well, you got others. They don't want Jesus to be God either, so they try to make William Branham God. And they're trying to take him peace and take parts and this and that to try to prove that Brother Adam was not a man, but he was God. Oh, wow. No wonder you can't have revival. Come on. We have teachers who thought Brother Branham was, so, was, was like Moses. He was slow of speech and had a Kentucky grammar. Couldn't just say things real plainly. So they claimed they were the Aaron who could read between the lines until we got ideas and doctrines that only produce personality cult leaders right. with a personality cult following.
3: Right. Are you with me? Yes.
1: Two lords. Goodness. Somebody's got double vision now. Amen, they're totally out of focus. How can you look at, the, at Jesus and see two lords? Come on, amen. You, you know, I, I know, call me oneness if you want to. I sure ain't no two-ness. I sure ain't no threeness. Call me oneness if you want to. Well, what kind of oneness are you? Well, I'll tell you. And who do you say this is? He said, be one as I and the Father are one. Yes, be that kind of one. Then how will that be? The Word in us would be the anointed Word. That's the oneness of God. The oneness of God is the Word anointed in you. That's the kind of oneness I want to be. Amen. The Word anointed. And then you become a son, a Messiah of the age. Now, can you imagine some have been blowed off so far off course In the storm, they don't even know that Jesus is God anymore. How far can you be blown off course? Talk about the delusion. Talk about spiritual amnesia. Calling Jesus on the scene. Brother Brandon would tell this in 1964, and he would tell it all up through his ministry. But he's still telling the story after, after the seals are open is my point. And he says, I heard a woman one time when I was talking about him being so great. Aren't you glad we had a prophet that made Jesus great? I see old Roberts walking out, you know, the man of the hour, and he comes out of a little box and bust out with a a Bible in his hand. He's dressed to the tee, and he comes out, the man of the hour. But Brother Brandon made Jesus the man of the hour. And if you're really a follower of this message, you'll make Jesus the man of the hour. And he said, I was talking about him being so great. Could you imagine somebody finding fault with that? But this woman came up and said, there's one thing I've got against your teaching, Mr. Branham. And he said, well, ma'am, thank you. He said, only one thing. said, I hope God finds it that way. You know, and she said, well you, well, you know what your problem is? You brag too much on Jesus. And he said, I hope that's the only thing he has against me. Amen. I don't brag on him enough. Amen. You know, can, can, can you imagine there's, there's some foolish preachers that preachers have said, I don't want to be like Jesus. I want to be like God. What kind of nonsense is that? Let me ask you something. How can you be like Jesus and not be like God? Amen. He was God in every way. Why wouldn't we want to be like Jesus? Amen. He was the perfect, sinless man. Amen. All of my life, I've wanted to be like him. I want to love like him. I want to talk like him. I want to preach like him. I don't want to do nothing unlike him. I want to be like him in every way. He's my model, he's my hero. He's my Lord. He's my King. And you just can't make too much of Jesus. That's right. That's right. Let me tell you something. Let's read Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. Woo! God hath highly exalted him. And given him a name. That is above, which is above every name. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you know that name? That name is above cancer. That name is above any sickness, any sin, anything that you can name. There is no name higher than Jesus. Hallelujah. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name amen amen we got the baptismal pool what ready katie are you ready all right she's ready this time and we're ready this time amen because she's going to take on the name of jesus this morning she's giving her heart to the lord she's going to give a. she's going to take on his name you're going to get a name that is higher than ever name hallelujah Amen. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every president has to bow. Amen. Every king has to bow. Every disease has to bow. Every demon has to bow. Every every man has to bow at the name of Jesus. Of things in heaven and of things in earth and of things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Supreme Ruler, Messiah. This is his name. There's no name greater than Jesus. (laughs) Listen, he's the second Adam, he's the advocate the Almighty, Amen. the Alpha and Omega. Yes. He's the Amen of God. He's the Angel of His Presence. He's the Anointed. He's the Chief Apostle of our faith. He's the Beginning and Ending of the Creation of God. He is the Author and the Finisher of our faith. He is the Beloved. He is the Blessed and Only Potent date. He is the Branch. He is the Bread of Life. He is our Bridegroom. Can you say amen? He's the bride and the morning star. He's the brightness of his father's glory. Yet he was but a carpenter. Yet he was called a carpenter's son. Yet he was that holy child Jesus that didn't belong to a carpenter, but belonged by, by to almighty God because he was conceived of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yet he's the chief shepherd, the chief cornerstone. He's the chiefest among ten thousand. I'm giving you Bible uh, I'm giving you Bible names of this Jesus. He is the chosen of God. He is Christ the Messiah. He is Christ the King. He is Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. He is the, He is the Christ of God. Christ the chosen of God. Christ the wisdom of God. Christ the Son of God. Christ the Son of the Blessed. This is all who He is. He is commander. Amen, and he's telling you this morning that this is not your battle. It is the Lord's battle. Amen, and you're not leading this battle. He's leading this battle. And he, you're not, he's not behind you. You are behind him. Hallelujah! You ought to be able to tell every devil this morning and point to him and say, I'm with him. I'm with Jesus. I'm with the King of kings. I'm with the Lord of lords. I'm on his side. He's not on my side. I'm on his side. Amen. He is commander, captain of the Lord of Lord's host, his army. Amen. Thus he's the captain of our salvation. He is the arm of the Lord. Amen. This is who he is. He is the consolation of Israel. He's the covenant of the people. He's the desire of all nations. Amen. He's elect and precious. They might not know that he's what they're desiring, but that's what every man who picks up a beer... He has got an emptiness on the inside of him. He's got a desire in his heart for God, and he's trying to find it in alcohol or tobacco or drugs or in his education or in his social life. Come on. Amen. It's because there's an emptiness on the inside of him. And every man was made to desire God. Hunger after him. And they'll try everything else to quench that thirst. But nothing will, because he's the desire of all nations. He's the cornerstone. Amen. He's the counselor. Amen. As David, he was the source of David. Therefore, his father, and yet he was the son of David. You get that, root and offspring of David. He's the daysman, the day spring, the day star. Amen. He's the deliverer. He's the door. He's the end sign. He's the eternal life. Amen. He's faithful and true. I'm talking about your Messiah. Amen. He's a faithful and true witness. He's the finisher of faith. He is the first and the last. He is the first begotten of the dead. He is the firstborn among many brethren he is the foundation that the church is built upon he is the fountain he is the forerunner he is the friend of sinners amen. if you're a sinner this morning he's the best friend you could ever have amen. amen if i were you i would befriend him this morning because he's the greatest friend the sinner that a sinner could ever have amen he's the gift of god He's the glory of Israel. He's God. He's deity. He's God blessed forever. He's God manifest in the flesh. He's God our Savior. Amen. He's God's dear son. He's God with us. Hallelujah. Right here in Evening Light Tabernacle. this morning. He's God with us. Amen. He is the head of the body. He is the heir of all things. He is the high priest. He is the head of every man. And he's the head of the corner. He's the holy one. The holy one of God. The holy one of Israel. The holy thing. The hope. Our hope. All my hope is in Jesus. Amen. He's the horn of salvation. He is the I am. He is the image of God. He is Israel. He is Jehovah. He is Jehovah's fellow. Amen. He is is defined as Jesus. Brother Brandon would take that and break it down. And he said, J-E-S-U-S. And he said that J is Jehovah. E, elected. S, salvation. And then U-S, us. So he said he is Jehovah's elected salvation for us. That's who he is. Amen. He's Jesus the Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ our Lord. He is Jesus Christ our Savior. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus King of the Jews. Jesus the Son of God. Yet called Jesus the Son of Joseph. He's Judge. He's the just man. The just person the just one. And his king, he's king of Israel. He's king of the Jews. He's king of saints. Therefore, he's my king. Amen. He's king of glory. He's king of kings. He's the king of Zion. That's the bride. He's king over all the earth. Is somebody with me? Amen. He's the Lamb of God. And he's the lawgiver. He is the leader. He is the light. He is light everlasting. He's the light of the world. He's the light to the Gentiles. He's the true light. He is the bread of the, the living bread. He is the living stone. <coughs> he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen. Yet he's Lord. Yes, sir, he is Lord. He's Lord of all Lords. He's Lord of all. He's Lord our righteousness. He's Lord God Almighty. He's the Lord from heaven. He's the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the Lord Christ, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just telling you what the Bible said he is. Amen. He is Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, Lord of glory, Lord of hosts. He's Lord mighty in battle. He's Lord of the dead and the living. He's Lord of the Sabbath. He's Lord over all. He's the Lord Christ. He's the Lord strong and mighty. He's the Lord, our righteousness. He is your, the Lord, your holy one, the Lord, your redeemer. Amen. Yet he was a man, yes. the man Christ Jesus. And as a man, he was a man of sorrows. Right. Amen. In order to be the mediator, right. the only mediator between God and man, right. you don't have to come to a priest. Right. You don't have to come to some Mary. Right. You don't have to come to some church they are not your mediator there's one mediator between God and man and that's the Messiah Jesus Christ amen he's master he's the messenger of the covenant he is Messiah the prince the mighty God he's the mighty one of Israel the mighty one of Jacob are you tired of hearing about him we can't brag on him too much you can't describe him As hard as we're trying, he's indescribable because he's so great. Amen. He's so great the world cannot contain him. Heavens cannot contain him. Amen. Because he's mighty. And as mighty, he's mighty to save. Amen. For he's the minister of the sanctuary. He's the morning star. He's the most holy and the most mighty. Yet some just thought he was a Nazarene. But he was the offspring of David. Yet he was the root of David, the root of Jesse. He was the only begotten son. There's a lot of sons, but he's the only begotten son. The one and only unique son. There's never been a son like this son. Amen. He was born of a virgin by the overshadowing of the Holy Ghost. Somebody help me preach. Amen. He's God's one and only son. Amen. Only unique son. He was the only one who came as a spoken word, as the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. But yet he's the only wise God, our Savior. This is Bible. Only wise God, our Savior. He is our Passover. He's the plan of renown. He's potentate. He's the power of God. He's the great physician. He He is the precious cornerstone. He's the priest, the prince of life. The Prince of Peace, he's the Prince of the Kings of the earth, he's prophet, and yet he's a propitiation, the sin offering. Amen. He was called rabbi, teacher. He's the greatest ever. No man ever spake like this man. He is the ransom, the redeemer, the resurrection, and the life. He is redemption. That's the righteous branch. He is the righteous judge. And the righteous servant, he is our righteousness, the rock, the rock of offense. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the ruler in Israel. He is salvation. Listen, salvation is not in a church. It's in Jesus. Amen. He he is the savior of the body. He's the savior of the world. He is the scepter. He He is the... The seed of David. He is the seed of the woman. He is servant. He is servant of rulers. That he's shepherd and overseer of our souls. He's Shiloh. He's the son of God. Yet he's the son of man. And he's the, the, the son of the blessed one. The son of the highest one. He's the son of David. He's the star. Son of righteousness. He is our surety. Our guarantee. He is the stone. Yet it can be a stone of stumbling. Yet he's a sure foundation to others. Amen. He is the teacher, the true God, the true vine, the truth, the way, the truth, the life. He is the vine. He is that which is, which was, and which is to come. You know, that's equivalent to the tetragrammaton, the the, the Y-H-W-H- that the Jews would use to represent his name because to them it was so sacred they couldn't say it and they couldn't write it. So they put down four letters, Y, H, W, H. And so he, that's equivalent to which is, which was, which is to come. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. The eternal one, I am that I am. Amen. Not I was or I will be, but the ever-present God. Amen. Who has all wisdom. Amen. Who is the faithful witness. Who is wonderful. Who is the word of God, the word of life. And everything is to be done in his name. This is how great he is. Everything, it must be done in his name. Amen. His name is to be confessed. His name is to be used in prayer. You ask anything in my name. Amen. In his name, miracles are performed. Amen. In his name, we are to be immersed in water taking on his name. If we preach, we preach in his name. Amen, if we have faith, we have faith in his name. Amen, in his name and only in his name is there forgiveness of sin. In his name is life. In his name is salvation. And this woman thought, Brother Branham made too much of Jesus. This is what the Bible made of Jesus. I've quoted from you. I've quoted for you, word after word, that the Bible said that Jesus is. Are you with me? You can't make too much of Jesus. He's Messiah. This woman said to him, he said, I, don't, I, I can't make enough of Jesus. And she said to him, oh, yes, you do. Well, you make him divine said it was a woman that didn't believe that Jesus was divine. She was Christian science. Said, you make him divine, you make him God. And he says, and listen, listen, he's either God or the greatest deceiver the world ever known. That's right. That's right. Said, well, I can prove by your Bible he wasn't, that he was just merely a prophet. I said, he was a prophet truly, but he was God also. He was man, and, yet he was, and he was mortal. That's true. She, she said, he's a man, and he was mortal. She said, that's true. She said, on the road to, down to raise Lazarus from the grave, St. John 11 chapter, the Bible said, Jesus wept. I said, well, that's true. She said, well, that proves that he couldn't be, be divine and weeping. Now, can you imagine? We've had message preachers. Today standing shoulder to shoulder on this woman's side, wow. arguing against the prophet of God oh. that Jesus is actually God. Wow. No wonder the devil has blown him way off course. Yes, he has. Right. Yes. Amen. And he said to the woman, he was amazed. He said, Woman, he said, that's your argument? You know, he said, that's a weak one. I'll tell you how weak he said it was. He used this phrase. said, it's weaker than the, than the, the skin of the shadow of a chicken that's starved sh- to death. That's
3: right.
2: Exactly that's right.
1: That's how weak it was. Yeah. That's a weak one. True, he was a man when he was weeping. But when he put his little body in motion and pulled his little shoulders back and said, Lazarus. Come forth. And a man that had been dead for days and rotten in the grave stood on his feet and lived again. That was more than a man. That was God. Hallelujah. Amen. I hear this prophet say if he hadn't said life was all the dead would have come up. And that's why we know one day he'll call and every one of us will rise again. Death cannot hold us, grave cannot hold us because of his name. Amen. Said he was a man out there on the boat that night when he's out on the sea, when 10,000 devils on the sea swore that they would drown him. Remember, they were on their way to deliver those among the tombs. Amen. And every devil swore, there was a 1,000 devils on every way swearing, we're going to destroy you. You'll never make it over. Amen. But they didn't, they didn't have enough. Let me tell you again today, the devil don't have enough. Satan don't have enough. Whatever sickness he's put on you, he doesn't have enough. He brings more forces, he don't have enough. Little bride, let me tell you, whatever condition you're in, the devil doesn't have enough. We got something bigger than every devil that at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow and every tongue has to confess that he's Lord. He's Lord over cancer. He's Lord over sickness. He's Lord over disease. Amen, there's a woman right there been healed of cancer three times. Why? Because Jesus is Lord and the devil didn't have enough. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Every devil swore, they would drown him. Amen, every devil has said we'll never reach the other side. Every devil says those among the tombs will never be delivered. Every devil says the legions that are out there that are bound by Satan will never be delivered. But way on the other side, when Jesus was way on the other side, he, one moment, Lazarus came to himself, not Lazarus, his legion came to himself, one moment, just one moment. His mind came back just a moment. God, help me. And he went right back into that demon. Hateful, horrible condition. But that one moment, and Jesus heard that little cry from way over. He said, Boys, we got to get in the boat. There's one of mine, and he's on the other side, and we got to get to him. Let me tell you, you can't go. Too far that Jesus can't find you. And you can't whisper a prayer too low that Jesus can't hear you. Amen. He can reach down to where you are. His arm is not short that he cannot save. He was a man. He was tired. He was weak. He had been preaching night and day. Got a chance to take a nap laying there on the boat. But well, when they awakened him, and called him on the scene. He put one foot on the braille and looked up and said, Peace be still. And the winds and the waves obeyed him. Amen. That was more than a man. That was God. Hallelujah. Amen. You said, Well, Brother Tim, we see his humanity. I see my God. Yes. So well, all I can see is humanity. <laughs> You're looking at the wrong side of him. All I can see is my God. Say, brother Tim, he was a man. Yeah, he became a man for the purpose of redemption. That's right. That's right. Amen. But as God, he rose from the dead, and he ever liveth to make intercession on the behalf of every child of God. That you can reach him because he's the high priest Thank you, Lord. of your confession. Yes. That was you see, you see when he was a man when he's standing there and they were hungry and they brought to him bread. So what is there? What is there? What do you have? And he said, well, there's a lad here with, you know, a few loaves and some fishes. And he took five biscuits and two fish. He said, have them sit down. I said, Lord, this ain't enough for all of these. He said, you don't know who you're talking to. And he just broke the bread and another piece come right there. Amen. Remember, it bypassed it, the fish bypass being in the ocean oh, yeah. and being caught and cleaned. That's right. And you're wondering what we're going to have at the marriage supper. Oh, this is Jehovah Provider. And you're wondering how He can provide your need and get you out of the mess you're in. He's Jehovah Provider, He's the need supplier. And when He took five biscuits and two fish, and fed 5,000, amen, amen, that was God in that man. Amen. Now listen to your prophet. He said, every person that ever amounted to a hill of beans has been people who believed that. Amen. Poets, whatever more believed that, that God was in Christ, reconciling himself to the world. Well, that kind of struck me, so I went back to him, just looked for every time he said, every person that ever amounted to a hill of beans You know, that's not amounting to much. If you don't amount to at least a hill of beans, you sure don't amount to much. Come on. And he says it again. Every point that ever amounted to anything, any man that ever amounted to a hill of beans, believed in him and had faith in him as being divine. He says again, every man that ever amounted to a heel of beans in this life has been a man who trusted him and knew he was the son of the living God, the incarnate Incarnate Jehovah here on earth. Every man and woman, I'm quoting again, that's ever amounted to a heel of beans in this world has been men and women who believed him to be deity. Amen. Any man who ever amounted to being a hill of beans believed he was divine. I've done picked out about five times in order to tell you that if you don't believe Jesus was deity, that he was divine, then incarnate Jehovah on earth, then your faith is worthless, and you don't amount to hill of beans. No wonder they can't believe in his deity. If they can't believe in his deity, then they surely can't believe his bride is deity because it is the spirit of Jesus in us that makes us sons of God. No wonder then they can't believe his power. You see, the word Messiah, Brother Brandon said, means the anointed one. Now, if you have the Holy Spirit, you become the anointed one. Amen. No wonder we have turned the message into a weak and a powerless gospel when we even question the deity of Jesus Christ and we don't recognize the power of that Christ within us. And Paul said, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Are you with me? And he says, and anyone who is his then God has sent forth the spirit of his son yes. into your hearts, yes. crying Abba, Father. Right. Amen. So again, the Holy Ghost that comes in is the spirit of his son. That's right. And when his spirit enters into you, then Galatians 4, 7 says, thou art no more a servant but a son. That's right. And if a son, then you're heir of God through Christ. That's right. Now we're talking about Messiahs. Now we're talking about who you are. Amen. That if you have received the Holy Ghost, you've received the spirit of his son. You have received, amen, the Holy Ghost, the very spirit of God into your life. Are you with me? Amen. And then you are no more a servant. Somebody help me preach. Amen. You no longer have a servant mentality. You're no longer a slave. You throw down your hope. You don't serve the devil another day. You don't belong to sin. You don't belong to unbelief. You are free. You're no more a servant. You're no more a slave. You no longer belong to the devil. I want you to get it. You don't belong to the devil no more. He's not your boss. You don't have to do anything he says. You don't have to take his imps. You don't have to take his demons. You don't have to take his sickness. You don't have to have his diseases because he's not your boss. You're not his slave, and you don't belong to him. You're a son of God. Get rid of your slave mentality. You're a son. And if you're a son, then you're an heir. So everything Jesus has is mine. Everything he is, I am. Amen. That's why we got to believe in his deity so we can understand the deity that's on the inside of us. When you see his Messiah, then you see the Messiah is in you. And of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. Portion upon portion. MERCIES UPON MERCIES, M- LOVE UPON LOVE. BROTHER Bradham SAID IN PERFECT FAITH, AND I'M GOING TO BRING THIS TO A CLOSE NOW. HE SAID HE APPEARED TO US IN THE SAME FORM AS HE DID TO THEM IN THE OLD TESTAMENT, AND IN THE SAME AS HE DID AS HE DID IN THE NEW TESTAMENT, AND SHOWED US BY THE SAME WORD, THE SAME CHRIST, AND I DECLARE TO YOU THAT CHRIST IS THE HOLY GHOST. And the word Christ means the anointed one. Just a person that's anointed. That's the Christ, the anointed one. How many knows that's true? Amen. The anointed one. There would be a man that would be anointed. Anointed by what? The Bible said in Acts, Acts 2, He means Acts 10 of Jesus and Nazareth. a man approved of God, anointed with the Holy Ghost, went about and done great works and things. See, that was God, that God manifested, proved that he was in this man. And now we become anointed with that same spirit, anointed messiahs of the last day to shine forth the resurrection. To show he is not dead. That's right. Maybe you should just start by showing that you're like him, you're not dead.
3: That's right.
1: Come on. Yeah. You're no longer dead in sins and trespasses. Right. You no longer have to be dead in your worship. You no longer have to be dead in that life that Christ has given you. Come on. You once were dead. You know, as they said of the prodigal son, my son who was dead is now alive. Amen. That's you. You once were dead in sins and trespasses, but you're no longer dead. You're alive. You have risen with Christ. So you're an heir with him in his resurrection. He said to show he's not dead but in the form of the Holy Ghost. He's in his people moving among his bride. With a love affair pouring out into her himself. They're becoming one for the wedding supper. And the same science promise by the same God and the same word is making his same manifestations. As the musicians come. Let's look at 1 John 4 and 4. You are of God, little children. I need to say that again. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Amen. Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Amen. What a mighty God. Amen. What a mighty God. Let's stand together this morning. Let's just worship him a moment. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. Do you know he's a mighty God? Well, what a mighty God we serve. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Well, angels bow
2: before him, heaven and earth adore. God we serve Jesus now Jesus is
1: the God that we serve Jesus is the God we serve The angel bow before him heaven and earth adore him Jesus is the God
2: God is
1: hurt and since my soul,
2: my faith God. To How great thou. Oh,
1: he's great. He's mighty. He's the almighty. Come on, worship him now. You do it how can you even pick up a blade of grass and look at it and say where'd you come from well you're this and that where did that come from wow who put it all together and that's only one what we see is handiwork even the stars in orbit every place Oh, just think about it. It's your power, Lord. The universe is playing. Sing it with me now. Yeah. to have this little heart here that has surrendered her heart to God, and um, well, I, I want to read a scripture before we um, baptize her today, so if you can switch it right quick to Romans chapter 6 and verse 1, we'll read about five or six verses there. It says, what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. We're taking from the, the Apostle Paul these words, and he's telling us that the new birth is a death, a burial, and a resurrection. You cannot be born again until the old man is dead, the sin, the past forgiven, and washed by the blood of the Lamb. And so there, there again, you know, it takes a death and then a burial And this burial is done in the likeness of his death. As Jesus died, and he died um, to everything in this life, and then he raised again in the newness of life. We are absolutely fulfilling that very type of the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it does no good to bury anybody who's still alive. If you're still alive in sin... And trespasses, well, you, you're just baptized. You, you go down a wet center and you come up, or, or uh, a dry center and you come up a wet one. That's all it does. But if we truly surrender our heart to Christ and we die out to sin and to the old man and we have made that decision, I'm going to follow Jesus, then we bury them in baptism and they raised from there to walk in the newness of life. Katie, this is why that you're here. You're here to bury your old life and your old past. Are you ready to bury your sins and your old past and then be gone forever? Amen. And you're ready then not just to remain dead, but to raise up in the newness of life to walk with Jesus from this day on. Right? Alright, because that you have made that commitment to the Lord and you're making that surrender. Remember, baptism is a part of salvation. You must be baptized. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, the Bible said. And he said it was the light figure of Noah, that Noah was saved by water. So water is a part, is a step of our salvation. It is a public confession that I have been a sinner, but now I'm going to serve Jesus Christ with all my life. And I'm burying, I'm dying to the old life, and I'm going to raise anew in Christ Jesus. Are you ready to follow Jesus? Amen. Amen. Katie, the Lord Jesus sent me into the world as a servant of his. And ordained me and anointed me to preach the gospel. And he sent me to baptize those that believe. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, in an obedience to that divine command, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.